Hey everyone, welcome to the Unauthorized Disclosure Podcast. I'm Kevin Gastola, joined by Rania Kalik. Hey, Rania. Hello, Kevin. And uh, there's you know a couple big topics we want to get to. Um, this will be the free portion of the show, and then we're going to do uh, some additional conversation. But we really decided to pass on having a guest and simply talk about Facebook for this week, given uh, the major report that we had. Um, I'll put it on screen when uh, when we share this so people can see that we're talking about this, uh, primarily the Facebook blacklist that was published by Sam Biddle uh, of The Intercept who, who, who wrote about it. And uh, it seemed to reflect a lot of what we've talked about. But before I get too far away into talking about the specifics of Facebook, obviously there's been a lot going on in the last week and a half with uh, the the media finding who they think is the like model Facebook whistleblower who could possibly be used to take on this big tech company. Um, there's been at, at least a handful of other whistleblowers from Facebook in the past. One who I think I will highlight before we conclude our conversation, but I would like to put to you uh, and ask, because I think we should begin broadly, what do you think about all this focus on Facebook? Because one thing that I found really fascinating is the suggestion that in the minds of liberals or Democratic Party elites, that Facebook may have supplanted or taken the place of their panic over Russia that existed under Donald Trump. That now, really, what they're going to fret about on a daily basis is what is Facebook doing to our politics? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what is Facebook doing to our politics? Uh, it's a good question in the sense of like, it's just an arm of the State Department or maybe not the same, maybe the U.S. government, like especially when it comes to foreign policy. So in that in that piece that Sam Biddle did, it was like they broke down where the I think it was like a thousand. How many people was it? The number? Do you know off the top of your head the number uh, of people on the blacklist? And let's, let's, it's over 4,000 people and oh, groups, including politicians, writers, charities, hospitals, hundreds of music acts, and long dead historical figures. Um, yeah. And, and, and so just, just and, to and be clear. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to mention that the list seems to cover topics of discussion. And then as well as the, the, the real organizations and the, the actual people themselves. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, this isn't like just, so the, yeah, to, that's a good point. This list isn't just that these people are banned from like having accounts uh, on Facebook or Instagram. It's that even talking about them, the post gets censored. And so, for example, what I was quoted in in this post was about the time that I went to Iraq back in July and I posted a photo of this big billboard outside of the airport when you leave Iraq uh, on the basically on the airport road where uh, the Iranian general Qasem Soleimani and the Iraqi commander uh, Abu Mahdi al-Muhandis were murdered by a U.S. drone strike uh, back in, I think, January 2020 that almost ignited a war. And the billboard outside there had their photos on it. And it was like, these, you know, our martyrs will be avenged. And so this is important for people to see because it shows that it's not just some Iraqis who revered these figures. Like even Iraqi officialdom has put this billboard outside of the Iraqi airport 
for everyone to see when they leave. And I posted this photo and it was almost immediately like removed by Instagram saying it had violated the dangerous organization, dangerous and violent organizations, uh, like promotion of dangerous and violent organizations. Uh, so they're on this, those people are on this blacklist. And then I remember Iraqis were actually telling me that Sam didn't include this in his piece, but Iraqi journalists were telling me that uh, they had a really difficult time using Facebook to post their articles and videos because even just reporting basic news about the PMF or the Hashtag Shabi, because uh, the Hashtag Shabi is also on this list, the PMF, even just reporting news, like it would get censored just to have that name in it. So they would actually have to change the letters in Arabic. They would have to change the letters and the way they spelled the name of the PMF in Arabic the, to, to basically like get around the Facebook censors. So it's interesting like that you look at this list and these are just two figures in the organization. The PMF is just one organization among what you said was like 4,000. And this Intercept piece, they did like some sort of um, calculation and something like 70 to 80%, I think it was like 80% of the people and organizations on this list come from like the global South. They're like brown and black um, and Muslim, very Muslim, a lot of Muslims. Um, where, uh, and it's basically just like in keeping 100% with US foreign policy and who the US doesn't like. Even I think even like the Iranian hospital or Iranian institute that's creating the Iranian COVID vaccine is on that Facebook list. Like what the fuck? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's so there's, they have tears and then it's a criminal category that is almost entirely American street gangs and Latin American drug cartels, mm -hmm. predominantly black and Latino. And what you should think about that is uh, there's been quite a lot of controversy in, and rightfully so, um, in major cities in the United States when they have gang databases of people because of how people's names get put in those gang databases. So I don't know how Facebook is making determinations that certain individuals are associated with gangs that, you know, they likely are implicated in hor horrific violence in communities. But that being said, then the issue becomes, how do you determine who is a member of those gangs and how do you police their social media accounts? Um, and, and they may not be. Um, and then there's Latin American drug cartel members, predominantly black and Latino. So in all of these cases, targeting black and brown people. And then the terrorist category, as you were saying, 70% yeah. overwhelmingly consists of Middle Eastern and South Asian organizations and individuals. Very happy to be so represented, yeah. I got to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've never been so seen, right? Yeah, like yeah. By Facebook. <laughs> Facebook sees me and my people. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so there's there's a few other points, you know, um, uh, just I'm, I'm glad that Sam actually went through and made a thread and pulled out some of these quick details, because for one, it's going to make it easy for us to do our show. Um, these are these are the couple yeah. points that I think, you know, it, rather than scrolling through this very long but but good report, um, it's nice that he pulled it out. But, um, you know, the, the, the thing that should be mentioned is that uh, this, uh, so first off, uh, have you heard of It's Going Down, which is this, like yeah. anarchist, um, it's this place, it's this website that posts news stories and it's typically from an anarchist perspective in the United States. 
And, mm -hmm. um, and, and they were cited, they were actually banned. Um, they hold themselves out as an anti-capitalist media organization. They were designated as um, armed militias inexplicably, even though, Whoa. even though, um, and there's this other place, Crime Think, which I'm not that familiar with, but I know about it's going down because I used to use it um, to go pick up stories or, or to follow stories about radical protests in the United States, you know, and things, they have solidarity with political prisoners, um, at people who were being harassed by the FBI or people who were picked up on trumped up charges from protests. Um, they would have coverage of those cases. So I would follow and keep tabs on this website and their page on Facebook was, uh, and it says that it's going down, receive no explanation. Um, the other thing I wanted to make sure that we work into, oh, oh yeah. What's the, uh, the Iran tractor manufacturing company? Yeah, I saw that. Like what? Uh, because of sanctions, because, you know, we're not supposed to allow free trade between Iran and any other countries, basically. Um, so, um, and the founder of the communist party of the Philippines was designated a terrorist, of course. You know, when you think about like all the stuff that you're listing out, I, it's so clear that Facebook is literally just an arm of American imperialism at this point that can you really blame countries like China and Iran for banning them? Like, yeah. you, I mean, it's just. Or, or for developing their own ecosystem, right? Like China has their course. own social media ecosystem so that they don't have to deal with all this and that's something that's a kind of a source of freak out among elites because they can't yeah, get they, in they there. can't control it yeah they, they can't yeah. control it anyways i'm sorry you you wanted to get you can continue listing off it just that it just occurred to me like how can you how can you continue to suggest that your social media companies particularly this one now that we have this list that they were keeping from us how can you expect any of how can you expect any country to see it as anything other than like information warfare Facebook is a part of information warfare. I don't yeah, know. And I like, think it, it, it's, you know, and it's important to say we've been, we've been talking about it in those terms because of the fact that they have aligned with the Atlantic council. They've been part of these supposed democracy or freedom labs that help provide them with the advice or the suggestions for who should be placed on these banned lists. And we didn't say clearly, so it's worth noting that the foreign terrorist organizations that are banned are identical to the list that the U.S. government holds, which means that if those people, if it was a political decision, if you can point to clear politicization for putting those groups on the list, like let's say Hamas, then mm -hmm. that's Facebook's banning any conversation about Hamas. They're banning any conversation about the political arm that actually governs in Palestine. So, uh, and we should get to just the fact that one of the clear evidence, some of the clearest evidence we had of this blacklist functioning comes whenever we've seen what happens with Israel bombing Gaza, right? Comes when mm -hmm. we've seen those incursions into the West Bank, the, the forced evictions, that's been the clearest examples of censorship on the part of Facebook. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, one of the, you just reminded me, one of the uh, things I saw on the list 
that was like mentioned by name in the intercept write-up was like the Palestinian refugee council or something. There's like a group in the UK that goes by a name like that and it's on the blacklist. Yeah. Like, so it's not that it makes it okay that it's like a Western group. It's like, but this stuff does extend to just like, not just the rest of the world, but it's limiting what you can talk about even in your own countries. Um, but it's really, this should, this should really alarm everybody because Facebook is a huge monopoly. Um, Facebook has something like 3 billion users worldwide. That is almost half of the world population. Um, at least a third, more than a third, you know, and it's, I mean, I can say in the middle East, Facebook is huge here. It's a huge, uh, mode of communication, of sharing your opinion, of sharing content. I think more so than America. I mean, I think Facebook is actually used outside of America more than within it. Um, and it really is able to like become a news item. What gets talked about on Facebook drives debate. It dry, it can drive politics in countries. I don't want to give it too much credit because I don't want to say like, oh, you know, wow. everybody likes to say social media revolutions and then that people rise up because of social media. However, it is a great mechanism to cause chaos and instability in places that you want to. And so it mm -hmm. actually is a weapon. Like I really think people should start looking at Facebook as a weapon and start recognizing like how dangerous that is because it's not just a weapon of like using to hurt other countries to push pro US policies. It's also like this weapon of basically trying to trying to distort the narrative that we see. Like if we in America don't even get to see a conversation about people that we murdered, the Iranian general we murdered on the biggest platform in the world, what does that mean our, about our ability to understand U.S. policy and what it's doing abroad? You know what I mean? Like, it's actually incredibly dangerous. It's the U.S. really controlling the narrative, like 100% controlling the narrative and doing it through these social media giants that, you know, through these intermediaries, we've talked about this on the show before, like you mentioned the Atlantic Council. I mean, the Atlantic Council is one of many groups that basically decides, help, help Facebook come up with this blacklist. And I, I like help face, helps Facebook decide what to censor and what constitutes hate speech. And so does the ADL. And these are groups that, you know, the Atlantic Council is a basically like an arm of the US government that's funded by the State Department, by a bunch of weapons companies and a bunch of telecommunications companies and by Facebook, by the way, and by uh, Saudi, you know, Saudi, Turkish, UAE governments and on and on and on. And you have the ADL, which is essentially just an arm of the Israel lobby that's telling Facebook what needs to be censored. That's incredibly dangerous. And it's like everybody talks about cancel culture all the time. And they never talk about this. This is like the epitome of cancel culture is the actual government working through like private companies and intermediaries like the Atlantic Council to determine what we can and can't see. Hello, everyone. Hope you're enjoying this week's episode of the Unauthorized Disclosure Podcast. Here is a reminder to support our show and help us keep going. You can go to Patreon or Rockfin or Spotify to support our show. So here's the links. If you want to support us on Patreon, go to patreon.com slash unauthorized disclosure. If you want to support us on Rockfin and become a subscriber of our channel, go to rockfin.com slash unauthorized dis. If you'd like to support us on Spotify, 
pull up our show, the Unauthorized Disclosure Podcast, and subscribe to our paid content. On all three spaces, you get access to full episodes and any other additional exclusive content we post every month. So thank you and back to the show. One thing that's really important to work in from Sam's reporting or coverage of this document is that Facebook policy says, this is what he tweeted, any person or org depicting acts of street violence against civilians or law enforcement or arson, looting, or other destruction of private or public property can be banned as a, quote, militarized social movements. In that category, it can be, this could be, and Sam says, very straightforward. This could be applied to virtually any news outlet, which is, which is truth. And also, I think informally, we've known to some degree that this existed among the big tech companies for at least the last, we'll say, 10 months, going back to January 6th. Because we know we talked to Jordan Cheriton about the video that they shot at the Capitol and how it was censored yeah. by YouTube but it was allowed to stream or be published by CNN's YouTube account. It was allowed to be published by any organization in which they sold the footage, but they individually were flagged as not trustworthy Mm -hmm. and they were not allowed to post it alone. Um, And so anyways, just, just an example we know, and then, you know, obviously there are other things out there, but anyone who, you know, even people who want to do the thing that, has um, that I've seen people do um, where they kind of like both sides the protest, right? Where they talk about the supposed anarchist violence or the black block people, and then they also pair it with the police violence. You really couldn't do that. You couldn't even both sides a protest. That would be banned under Facebook's policy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's fucking, it's just insane because these rules never apply to uh, to CNN. You know, it's yeah. funny, like CNN can say Qasem Soleimani's name and, and post it in a headline and post things about Iran. But it's yeah. it's people like us that will get censored. I remember, you know, everyone knows that I was, I used to work at Soapbox, which is a part of Mafic Media, which is like oh, uh, yeah. receives money from uh, like roughly, right? Um which also, which is like a part of our tea. And so they got labeled when I was working there. We talked about it on the show when it happened as Russia state controlled media. And we would have posts like take, they, they not only suppressed our content with that label, but we would have posts taken down. And one of the posts we had taken down was actually because it had Qasem Soleimani in the title. Cause almost immediately, like after his death, um, that was like, that was like start that's when they started to implement that policy of taking things down that mentioned him and um i remember we actually made a video in response to it being taken down me and two of my colleagues and in it instead of us saying his name ourselves in the video we would just say we'll let cnn say it and so anytime we wanted to say his name Qasem Soleimani, we would just use a, a clip from cnn of somebody saying it because it's clear like they they're allowed to say whatever they want like nothing's gonna happen to them they don't get censored oh, they, the, the rules don't apply to what's considered legitimate media, which is just the corporate media that is like oligarch approved. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, so um, do you want to go for um, a whistleblower that I think actually merits attention? Or do you want me to play a clip of uh, of, of Jen Psaki just so that we can work in a couple, a little bit of commentary on the White House? Which one do you want to go with first? 
I don't know. I'll let you decide. I'm terrible at making decisions. You should, right, I, okay. I feel like at this point you should know this about me. I'm very oh. indecisive. All right. Well, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna play this clip uh, just a little bit of um, this 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 whistleblower, not the one that came forward who had the public relations not operation the fake one. plan, not the fake the one, one who was one like focus group that before they let seems her out. to be using. <laughs> she seems to be using this as like I feel like this is the start of uh, of a person trying to rise to political stardom and eventually run for like the Senate somewhere. Oh or, my God. I could totally uh, see that. Uh, so, she was a whistleblower. <laughs> well, the other and, thing that really stood out to me, again, there's a lot of dunking out there. So I want to minimize what we, how, how far we go. Cause we're probably repeating other shows, but I noticed that she has well, had the same position at like Pinterest um, and I think she was even at uh, Google at one point. And so then like she deliberately took this position. She actually did what the CIA accuses Edward Snowden of doing. She went and worked for Facebook with the, with the goal of like infiltrating it. And if she wasn't successful in changing the company, she was going to steal their documents. Like that's actually like what she did, um, which is, which is fine. Like I don't really care, but it's just, it's just, it's worth pointing out that in this case, someone actually did that and the establishment is on the side of this woman francis hoggins for for doing something that you know we're typically told whistleblowers shouldn't be able to do to companies or governments it's just worth noting uh right i'm glad you did um because like it was also just the the like the things that she said in her testimony like just so happened to completely um like like to really correlate perfectly with U.S. foreign policy. Like oh yeah, by the way, she supports the blacklist. It's worth noting that it says in <laughs> it says in Sam's article that she disclosed details related to this blacklist to the Wall Street Journal in her leaked documents, and she she defends it. Like she believes it it, sh it it's part of um, good moderation of misinformation on the well, and hate speech. And she, and that's crazy. And then she also talked about misinformation and how Facebook lets Chinese and Russian misinformation go rampant and how Ethiopian, she like mentioned all these countries where America's like trying to destabilize right now. She, and I know she mentioned Ethiopia, which is a big one. And she just like went down a list of Ethiopia, Iran. And it's like, okay, did, did Mike Pompeo coach you before you came and gave this testimony? Because it just like, it was like too correlated. It kind of reminded me of like the Nayira testimony. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. The like uh, uh, Kuwaiti ambassador's daughter who was like, I saw them throwing babies out of incubators when she testified to Congress. Like this was so prepared. And again, like probably tested in a focus group to make sure it was perfectly crafted. It was just like a th it was theater. All right, so um let's start with as my cat walks by the camera <laughs> thank you thank you for doing that uh so this is sophie zhang who i think is actually a whistleblower and came forward months ago i don't know if you know anything about it but the reason why i find her really fascinating and important to talking about the blacklist here is because she pointed out that the way facebook was making decisions about removing let's say troll farms or um, hundreds of thousands or, or, or big uh, groups of suspicious accounts, that, that that was determined based upon whether there was pressure publicly, um, either from the US government 
or from, let's say, um, uh, American like civil society organizations at large, so like the human rights groups, et cetera, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And so, like, for example, as you're going to hear, she mentions a country in which she raised concerns about what she was seeing and how it was keeping her up at night um, and the way that these accounts were disrupting politics and can, can, uh, responsible for human rights abuses and the, Facebook would do nothing. They did not, they did nothing about her complaints. And there's, there's like a half dozen countries we can go through the list after, but I just think it's worth playing this. This comes from, this is actually not an American clip. This comes from Australia. Um, she did not get even, um, like I'd say 10% of the coverage that Francis Hoggins got. And I think that what she has to say is far more damning than anything. I mean, documents aside that were given to Wall Street Journal, what Francis Hoggins is speaking about, it's pretty like lukewarm in its mm. criticism. This, this actually cuts to um, the way that Facebook is, is allowing certain groups to cause chaos versus groups that they're, you know, they are cracking down upon and how they're doing it based on US foreign policy. But mm. last chance to fix the situation because that's what I've been doing from this entire start. Sophie says that while working there, she noticed political parties across 25 countries had been manipulating Facebook to mislead and in some mm. cases harass its own citizens. One of the worst examples of this was in the former Soviet nation of Azerbaijan. What I found was, was extraordinarily concerning to me because of how bad it was and the sheer amount of effort that had been put into running this. And so in Azerbaijan, which we were seeing were perhaps thousands of people paid by the Azari government, they were laser focused on one thing, and that was writing comments about why the opposition was terrible and why the Azari government was great. The Azerbaijani president, Ilham Aliyev, is widely accused of multiple human rights abuses. But in 2019, Ms. Zhang discovered that in a 90-day period, 2.1 million fake accounts had been created to not just like the president's content, but to harass <laughs> the opposition and even wow. legitimate news sites. Sophie Zhang took her concerns to Facebook management. Jesus. The activity I found wasn't even that hard to find. It was very simple. I wasn't a brilliant genius or anything. I've met brilliant geniuses and I'm not one of them. But rather, it, what I found was ex- extraordinarily long-hanging fruit. That was there simply because no one had bothered to go out and look for it. A year earlier, she had spotted similar activity in Honduras from supporters of autocratic president Juan Carlos Hernandez. Gee. Was that they were using large numbers of, of, of pages to pretend to be real people. Honduras was really on the cutting edge of bad, bad social media at the time. In a month and a half, Mr. Hernandez's post received almost 60,000 likes. Almost <laughs> four out of five of them weren't real. Stopping you from creating pages for people who do not exist and setting up pages that pretend to be people because one person can quite easily use a single account. And so I could set up a page for, say, Jane Smith, and, and they would have a picture that might be a Jane Smith, and maybe I would, call, and maybe I would label the page a coffee shop because that's something that the page could be reasonably expected to have, even though Jane Smith quite obviously is not a coffee shop. Sophie continually raised these issues with management, but says nothing was done. She's confident her persistence led to her dismissal. 
After she was let go, Sophie wrote an 8,000-word memo, which she sent to colleagues. What I found constantly was that everyone agreed that it was terrible, but no one agreed that it was their problem. Huh. Facebook said in a statement, we fundamentally disagree with okay. Miss Young's characterization. So, obviously, the reason that it was, no, they didn't care that that happened is because those were in keeping with U.S. foreign policy. Like, yeah. There's no other way to view that. In fact, you it could maybe even be argued that Facebook could possibly be, I don't have any proof for this, but I'm totally speculating, but I wouldn't be surprised if Facebook actually worked with some of the sort of authoritarian dictator-like leaders that America supports to help them do these kinds of things. They probably help facilitate it. And I mean, yeah. at the very least, like letting it happen is helping to facilitate it. I mean, just quickly going down the country. So we already covered Azerbaijan. She found this activity in Mexico. Mm -hmm. All right. Argentina, Italy, um, and then Philippines, Afghanistan, South Korea, Bolivia, Ecuador, Iraq, Tunisia, Turkey, Taiwan, Paraguay, El Salvador, <laughs> India, Dominican Republic, Indonesia, Ukraine, Poland, and Mongolia. And wow. uh, a lot of those countries, we know we can point to regime change operations, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, and then also, you know, we can, we can point to evidence of autocratic um, dictators, right? Like there's people there who are, 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 are clamping down and then seemingly um, Facebook is just kind of like turning a blind eye to it because right. They, it's not a problem. It's not America. Yeah, it's not a problem for yeah. America. Like they just don't care. Yeah, and and what you find, and and why I, I find her whistleblowing, and I hope that people listen to her much more than Francis Hoggins. The reason why, well, first off, let me just say on an individual personality level before we we conclude this section of our show and and move to our uh, section for patrons and subscribers uh, that this is not somebody who was involved in a public relations campaign that she engineered this is an authentic person um you know she even has a um i think she has a bit of a disability um and so she's she's doing this at great risk because mm. who's going to employ her i mean who wants right. to employ somebody who has taken on facebook in this or manner bad mouth or openly publicly yeah. bad mouth a former employer that's always like a big red flag if you ever want to work for a company like any company again uh is if you did that in the past so she's definitely like actually risking her her future livelihood really even if she doesn't want to work in tech like that's that's on the internet for any employer to put her name into into google and to see um yeah so that's an actual risk unlike this facebook whistleblower who like uh, i i don't even want to call her that anymore whistleblower in big quotes <laughs> who they like rolled out the red carpet for and is literally becoming a star yeah uh, so let's 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 uh, break here, and um, we're gonna go to uh, our section of our show for subscribers. So uh, thank you all for watching. Uh, well, do you if you tease, would... do you want to tease like what we're gonna be uh, talking well, sure. about in case anybody well, wants to become uh, sure. a subscriber? Some... Yeah, well, I mean, we've got some stuff um, a little bit on the White House and Facebook. I wanted to get into. But then uh, we were going to talk a bit about uh, the focus on Taiwan over the last week. And um, I have an opinion about Dave Chappelle. So <gasps> if you, you have an opinion? Oh my, I have an opinion. Are you um, sure you want to have an opinion? 
it's well, really it's already associated. It's already waters. associated with my name on Twitter, so I don't really have a choice. <laughs> uh, someone could have screen. Someone took a screenshot already, and it's it's probably there for so. No. Um, well, yeah, for those so, who want to wade into the controversial waters with us, uh, become a patron uh, on patreon.com slash unauthorized disclosure, and you can listen to Kevin's audacity to have an opinion <laughs> on Dave Chappelle. All right. <laughs>